Highways Voices, the podcast of Highways News, your one-stop destination for all the news about the highways and transport technology industries, and our must-read daily newsletter. A second day of networking, learning and socialising here in Birmingham at Highways UK. The first big event back together in the UK since, well the last Highways UK two years ago. This is Paul Hutton at the NEC for the second of our podcast. Let's get right down to it and start chatting to people across the exhibition hall. Highways Voices, hearing from the people who matter in the highways industry. As you walk in through the door here at Highways UK, one of the first stands you see is Unoptics, the average speed camera uh, supplier. And you do lots of other things as well. I'm with Deputy Managing Director Jeff Collins. Uh, and Jeff, you've had a busy few months because I seem to be getting plenty of press releases coming in from Unoptic about different things that you're uh, delivering at the moment, different initiatives, different solutions, and things making the road safer. Absolutely. First of all, it's uh, good to see you in the flesh, Paul. Really nice to be out again. and. Uh... Um, actually talking to people but you're right we've been very active lately trying to do an awful lot of work and particularly with the average speed cameras which uh, I know and love that we've been delivering for a long time we've had some really good success lately with a number of permanent projects going in on the highway we recently delivered our 200th route in the UK which is really quite some going in the in the 20 year period and um, there's more than 1,200 kilometres of UK highway that have got our average speed cameras and uh, so yeah we've we've been doing quite a few of those projects recently. And if you were to read the mainstream press they would suggest that speed cameras are war on motorists and they're unfair and blah blah blah. I don't know if it's just because they're average speed cameras so there is uh, more of an inherent fairness to them than spot speed solutions but actually the uh, release I got the other day from you was about the fact that the public actually have really warmed to them. One specific example of a journalist asking for responses in Worcestershire where it was overwhelmingly positive on Twitter from people saying they'd seen the cameras go in and they'd seen uh, a real improvement in driver behaviour. Well, I've long been of the personal belief that when an enforcement scheme is done properly, people buy into it, they accept it, and it's going to work better. And that's particularly true, I believe, of, of average speed cameras. And we have seen increasingly a higher level of acceptance and awareness from road users, residents, uh, when they live near to a particular route. And it was only last week I actually went up to Worcestershire and uh, we launched the, the route on the A449. And it was great to see that at the point of launch, there had been a lot of very positive coverage in the local media, but from residents actually saying, this is great, the road is better now, I can see why it's there. And, And I think as long as you keep in mind why a project is being delivered and you keep up with the reasons that you say you're going to deliver it you will take people with you and it makes it much more efficient. I remember being at an ITS UK event an enforcement forum event where you came out with a a line that really stuck with me which is that when it comes to speed cameras you get reverse nimbyism. Absolutely. The, um, I think those of us of a certain age will remember nimbyism, not in my backyard for anyone that was younger and doesn't know what that actually means. But it's, it's very much true in that we've noticed that local residents and councillors particularly want things that will make their roads better because they understand 
the people who they they understand where there's a problem and they know the people who have been injured maybe in a collision on a road um, so as a result when people think oh i know why that should be there and they want something there it is in my backyard i do want it but what i have noticed is that sometimes the same people then might not be happy about a very similar installation maybe five miles away in a neighbouring parish or in a neighbouring county because they don't know the background, they don't know the history and then they maybe feel they're being unfairly monitored. So it, it is a very interesting approach and it ties into, I think, a wider acceptance of things being done if there's a good and clear reason for it. And looking at the stand, there is a green specs camera, which I guess does the same thing as in monitoring speed to keep people uh, travelling at uh, very similar speeds and to stop people speeding and therefore leading to slowing down, speeding up, slowing down, speeding up and greater emissions. But because it's green, it's there not to counter road safety issues, but to actually counter environmental issues. That's right. And when you say it's green... Um, on a podcast you can't see the colour we're not talking green, leaf green camouflage, we're talking bright green, it's very obviously a green camera and it's, we have a slightly different housing on a, on a standard specs average speed camera which we actually had re-approved so it has home office type approval to be used in that way and it's bright green to send a message to road users about why it's there and the reason being to improve air quality because one of the, the benefits that we've noticed of average speed enforcement, not only does it make the road safer, but if you're travelling at a uniform, steady rate without accelerating and without braking and you are complying with the speed limit, the emissions from the vehicle are going to be lower. And this has been proven in a number of sites, particularly in Wales, where we've taken the NO2 level down below the target and it's actually been a 40% reduction purely as a result of putting a lower speed limit actively enforced with these bright green average speed cameras. So it goes to show that there are a range of benefits you can get and you can design around the thing you're trying to achieve and making the cameras green helps take people along with it they then understand why it's being done it's for air quality purposes and finally it's good for the economy as well your installation on the Orwell bridge in Suffolk has kept the bridge open and the traffic moving well absolutely another good example of hopefully people perceiving a benefit because in that particular location where we actually have a, a switched limit which is enforced with average speed cameras so it's 60 miles an hour normally or it goes down to 40 miles an hour when there is a high wind speed event in the past the bridge would have been closed and it was estimated there was a one million pound hit to the local economy every time the bridge was closed which can be an increasingly frequent occurrence particularly with the weather patterns we're having at the moment but just intelligent use of existing technology in a slightly different way we keep the bridge open far more frequently the residents the road users the businesses in the area perceive the benefit so once again doing the right thing and getting a benefit that actually lots of people will get Jeff Collins is Deputy Managing Director of Unoptic. Fantastic solutions that make the roads safer, greener and improve the economy. I think that's a pretty good thing to deliver. Jeff, thanks for talking to me on Highways Voices. 
Thank you very much, Paul. Highways Voices with Paul Hutton. The answer to a pub trivia question, Flowers in the Rain by The Move, is the fact that Flowers in the Rain by The Move was the first ever song played on Radio 1 back in 1967. In years to come, the answer John Pickworth will be a pub trivia question answer to who was the first ever main guest on the Highways Voices podcast. And he is the MD of Swaco in the UK and he joins me now. Now, John, nice to see you in the flesh. We're on the Swaco stand. Now, every other day, it seems I'm running new stories about new deals or new purchases by Swaco. You've taken some time out from buying things to actually uh, come to Highways UK. Yeah, well, first of all, I didn't realise I was the first uh, the first person on your podcast, so that's good news. Thank you very much. I'm proud to be that. Yeah, in terms of the, the company position, we've we've obviously gone through a very uh, exciting time in terms of um, from the ITS point of view, the acquisition of uh, Dynamic Mobility, and from the road marking systems point of view with Hitex. So a real progressive couple of months and really putting ourselves in a position to maximise our position now in terms of the product side of the business, really well matched with the service and infrastructure side of the business coming together. So for me, it's been an incredible, obviously you know I started in January, it's been an incredible 10 months. We've grown and grown and grown. We've now got a fantastic opportunity in bringing companies together. We're not going to keep going on that anymore, I think. I think we've, we've got enough now. But what a fantastic position we're in to be able to maximise our, our support to our customer base. Can I pick up on your mention about Hitex? Because when I visited Swaco Traffic World in Vuttons a couple of years ago, I discovered that all of Swarco started from the road marking side of things and of course that was something that we just never saw in the UK and it's never really been something you've you've touched over here. Um, Does that mean this is going to change and the uh, innovations and the technology that you've put into that side of the business over in Austria is now going to be available here? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The the fundamental of the uh, road marking systems business is the the core foundation of of Swarco. It's where we originally came from. We've invested in that years and years and years now in the different regions. Um, From here, uh, recently, very recently in Australia as well, with the acquisition of a company there, um, and now into the UK. The UK has always been a bit of a, 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 a almost a closed shop in terms of that from our, our perspective. Um, we needed to find a way in and a bit like some of the service side of the business, sometimes um, acquisitions is the way to do that. So we're really excited to be able to look at that and you look at things like autonomous vehicles and where that's going and you need to have high quality markings and infrastructure on the business. So it links very well with the rest of our business, with the innovation, the technology, how it all fits together and a great opportunity now to join those opportunities together. And yesterday we talked on the podcast to SRL, who of course you've done a deal with on the VMS side of the business. But of course, SRL do temporary traffic signals. You've just bought Dinic Mobility, which do the fixed traffic signals. So you're kind of narrowing the divide between those two bits of technology. We are, but the um, look at the opportunity here where in the sense that SRL are absolute masters at the hire business. So temporary traffic management, temporary hire, all that space they're absolutely brilliant in. We are an absolute, uh, we're experts at the product development business and making sure we can develop to the highest standards and fit for purpose in terms of what we're delivering. The two coming together is just a magnificent opportunity for us. We've been working on, with SRL now for nearly three years. We've got over 350 of the VMS units out there. Dinic have also been working with them for some time on the signal head side of things. You bring those two together and have 
actually got a really clever coming together of opportunities. What I was really just pointing out there is one of the key things for me is to play to your strengths. And one of the big things I've focused on in the last 10 months since I joined the company was what are those partnerships? What do they mean for us? What do they mean for the next five, 10 years? And it literally is that. So the agreement we've got with SRL is a long-term agreement. How do we structure those partnerships in a way that's collaborative, that's uh, bringing benefits to both parties and bringing that all together? And now the opportunity is to match that with what we've done with Dinic as well and really maximise that partnership with SRL, who are a fantastic partner for us. And finally, let's go back to that very first podcast that I did where quite a lot of the time we talked about your work on Teams on Zoom with your team and trying to manage a team that you'd never actually met. How back to normal are you in actually having face-to-face meetings, conversations and sort of strategizing with uh, with colleagues in three dimensions? Yeah, much more is a simple answer. While we managed through the Zoom world and the Teams world, it met a purpose for a certain amount of time but fundamentally if you look at the people we've got here today look at how we do business when you're innovating when you're trying to really strategize where you go when you wanted to do a, a deal and a partnership where you want to shake hands on something and so that it isn't about contracts it's about relationships you need to meet people and we've been doing a lot more of that as an office base we're in three days a week across our offices now in a hybrid working policy and um, that's a trial but it's working really well we're getting good feedback from the staff and making sure they're constantly engaged in what we're doing but all in all it's definitely the way forward I think this hybrid position but make sure we are actually meeting face to face to get key things done John Pickworth trivia answer of the future and also managing director of Swaco here in the UK thanks for talking again on Highways Voices and great to see you in person Thank you. Absolute pleasure. Don't forget to subscribe to Highways Voices to keep up to date with the latest edition. We're on your favourite podcast platform. I'm Steve Hardcastle and I'm the Chief Technical Officer for the Clearway Group. We're showing our rapid deployment camera solution for um, highways related uh, stop vehicle detection. On the tower itself we can uh, put a number of devices to, to do environmental monitoring, lots of highways type related activity, stop vehicle detection litter detection, smoke detection and uh, air quality monitoring. And looking at the blurb on your stand, one of the key things that's really sort of leapt out to me is rapid deployment because I know that if you put sort of more fixed CCTV solutions in, you're talking about you know, weeks and weeks of putting your comms in, your power in, actually doing the civils to put the pole up. All this appears that you can pretty much drop it off and 10 minutes later it's up and running. Yeah, we've done um, loads of rapid deployment solutions. Uh, On average, it takes us less than 15 minutes to physically deploy a tower. And because we can then dial into the units, we can set them up remotely. Um, So we're obviously, uh, one of the ideas is to reduce as many uh, highways workers as we can, make sure that uh, we deploy them in a safe way and get up and running quickly. On most of the projects, it's taken up to 12 weeks to put the solution in and ours can be deployed literally within a few working days on a, on a fairly large scheme. It says it's remote 4G. Does Who's going to be looking at the images that the cameras are capturing? Well, that's a, a choice really down to the client. We can either do on, on-site solutions, so it can be a local solution to the uh, free recovery service, to traffic officers, or we have our own NSI Gold Central Station, 
with full resilience so we can do off-site monitoring of all those and escalate in accordance with the agreed criteria that the clients ask for. Regular listeners to Highways Voices will know I can barely get through a podcast without talking about my background which is I fell into this game over 20 years ago when I ran uh, the first of two radio traffic news companies I was in charge of the operations for. The toughest thing I had when my team used to monitor all the traffic cameras in London was actually you've got all that information but you don't know which camera you should be looking at at a particular time so tell me how does the AI how do the video analytics work to actually assist the operator in basically viewing an image by exception rather than just having to sort of stare at screens for hours on end yeah well, it's exactly that we're um, we're picking up on these incidents by exception so we're not looking at banks and banks of monitors looking for something that may have happened we actually get an alert through the analytics that tells us that something's happened um, and as such that means that we are um, quick to respond uh, we can escalate this situation very quickly and in turn the client can deal with his situation quickly and remove that we're all stakeholders at the end of the day using the highway um, so we want to clear that incident whatever it is and uh, get the traffic flowing as it should the unit is obviously picking up on not only stop vehicle but congestion as well so we can advise the client on those issues and he can uh, be aware of what he needs to do to, to get the traffic flow back to what he should be and you can find out more at theclearwaygroup.co.uk Highways Voices the podcast from highwaysnews.com highwaysnews.com One of the great things about being here at Highways UK is just bumping into people you haven't seen forever and I've just bumped into Keely Franklin from ARTSM and Keely has commented on my what I would call manly stubble she has called Covid rash we won't dwell on that one Keely but uh, welcome back to a real world events what have you made of Highways UK? Oh, I think it's been absolutely brilliant it's really nice to be out here seeing everybody and talking to current members and potentially new members and actually having a really good presentation at the start of the day well, it's kind of bookending the events because you and I sat down and had a meeting together back in Bristol at the Transport Technology Forum event in March. And I remember that event because we all travelled home going, I wonder what's going to happen in the world. And I was still booking hotels for forthcoming events. And about three days later, we were locked down. What have you been up to in the uh, 18 or 20 months we've had since we were last in a traffic related event together? Well, we have been to some virtual events, which have been variable I would say but we've also had lots of virtual meetings and our roads industry forum of which you are part that is still running and it's going very well we've got new people interested in that and we've got new members and we've also done lots of specification work for Topaz. So the Road Industry Forum brings together so many different aspects of suppliers and uh, innovators within a range of highways industry organisations. For those that don't know what are you actually delivering? Knowledge. Basically, it is a forum to share knowledge across the industry, looking at the bigger picture, which I think fits in very well with DFT's version of collaboration for the future. It's about sharing information, knowing what the bigger picture is, so that you can innovate better and innovate successfully. And of course, from the DFT's point of view, 
they would like very much to deal with one or two organisations rather than 20 or 30 different organisations. So bringing that knowledge hub together uh, works not only for the participants but also the people that you're wanting to influence. Absolutely and also the people that we want to hear where their strategy is going and what it's for so that we can establish communications together and make a ultimately one size does fit all because we are all working for the same purposes with a better understanding of the whole rather than different parts of it. Okay Keely so if you want to get involved in the roads industry forum and you don't know about it already how do you get involved? Uh, you can send me an email at general.secretary at artsm.org.uk. I'll put that in the blurb on the podcast as well. Keely, it has been a delight. Thank you. Highways Voices, the podcast from highwaysnews.com. If I had a time machine and I could go back 10 or 20 years when I first came into the highways and transport industry, I wish I'd invested in solar panels because everywhere walking around Highways UK, there are solar panels and I'm on the message maker stand where I'm looking at a piece of kit with a big VMS and a solar panel on the top of it and I'm joined by Danny Adamson who is Managing Director. Um, Danny it really is all about uh, zero carbon and sustainable energy all over the site and this is what you're showing off this week here. We're very much a, a low power business, our signs are very very strong in that sector what we've noticed with the Highways England or National Highways of late is that there's just more and more, greater and greater drive to get to net zero. So we're, we're hoping to be able to facilitate, whether it's the tier one contractors or the integrators, helping to facilitate them to get to, to reach those goals. And I guess it also makes good business sense because if you can turn up with a standalone piece of kit rather than spending time having to find a power supply for it, it gives you so much more flexibility that means you can deliver so much better for your customers. I think we're all, we've all seen signs with the solar and the, the wind turbine power generation. If there is power supply, it should be used and the, the, uh, the authorities there should be then sourcing green electricity and not spending the extra money on, um, on the, uh, the renewables. But if it if is off-grid, then it is a challenge and people don't want to be doing the cabling, they don't want to be uh, having all the traffic management issues, they want a simple solution. So a low-power sign with smart renewable energy is definitely the way forward. And I think I first came across you two years ago uh, when um, the last time we we all met as an industry here in the UK in person and I was like oh message maker interesting you seem to have more products on the stand in the uh, uh, than you had two years ago so you've obviously been busy during lockdown we have I think message maker has been going for probably 20 years in the last five we've really focused on traffic and the, the, like you say, in the last two years, we've expanded our range. We've started in the very simple SIDS and SAMs, and then we're expanding into the higher speed areas now. And the other thing I've noticed talking to people as I've wandered around the site here is you are delivering collaboration. You're not just delivering your own products, but you're working with other businesses to deliver an end-to-end solution. We are, and we want to stay very focused on signage. I was talking to a a collaborator just last week and he explained our signs were dumb which I uh, I took as a compliment we we want to facilitate the message and so yes we'll we'll work with integrators and the tier one contractors and, and it is all about partnerships for us Danny Adamson from Message Maker good to see you and it's great to be back in person and seeing what you've been developing over the last two years thank you very much good to talk to you Highways Voices 
hearing from the people who matter in the transport technology industry. So let's wrap up these two special podcasts from this massive Highways UK event here at the NEC in Birmingham, talking to connected vehicle expert Andy Graham. And Andy, I know there's been a lot of talk about the environment over the two days we've been here at the NEC. I want to pick up, though, on your expertise of connected vehicles, because there have been far more solutions on show here that are either about getting information into the car or information out of the car and that's pretty much your expertise so tell me what we should really be looking out for as an industry in the coming weeks and months okay so we used to say the average age of a vehicle on the road was 7.9 years Uh, we haven't sold that many this year so it's going up so the average age is going up so therefore we need to deal with existing vehicles but the good news is that most people have got a comms unit in their vehicle called a smartphone or a SIM card in a newer one. So we can collect loads of data, we can also get a channel into vehicles. And don't think by vehicles, I just mean cars. Think about freight, think about white vans, think about old things and slow things like combine harvesters. And this weekend, we're gonna do the London to Brighton run. We're gonna have three 1900 cars equipped my technology in order to identify where the vehicles are and in order to uh, give messages to them. And if we're gonna have veteran cars and autonomous cars in the future, that's the technology that we're gonna need. Because you're proving that any car can be a connected car because especially these days with the chip shortage, the amount of new cars that we thought would be sold aren't being sold, but we've got the solution. And explain to me what the value is of connectivity for the average local authority person or person working in delivering a a service within our industry. How does connectivity help? Well... If you think about it, we used to spend a lot of time and money putting verbal message signs and number plate reading cameras at the side of the road, and then we'd have to maintain them. But the thing that you're holding in your hand and I'm holding in my hand, I've bought and I pay for the comms on. Therefore, it's kind of like get the data out and it's free. So it's a, a good cash saving. You also don't have to physically install stuff at the side of the road. Verbal message signs are only installed where you can fit them. Start thinking about signs where you want them. And also, it's more of a customer service thing if we start incorporating parking, electric vehicle charging, pothole reporting, blah, blah, blah. It, it brings together an integrated thing for the road, not just a message at the side of the road that tells you the long delays. And you pioneered a phrase I've heard you use a lot of time, which is connected and big pause autonomous vehicles a lot of the times we kind of put it all in one but actually autonomous vehicles are still of the future connectivity is of the present we've been five years away from autonomous vehicles for the last 10 years and i believe we still are what we're finding now is that some of the use cases for complete autonomy are just not deliverable for motorways it's relatively straightforward compared to a rural highway but the use cases for connectivity are ubiquitous as long as we've got mobile phone coverage which is improving it can work anywhere we can cope with any geography with any road network and any type of road user and i think that's the important thing is autonomy will come but it'll come in dribs and drabs whereas we can connect 33 million vehicles on the road be it a combine harvester a 1900 daimler or a 2022 tesla and finally, we touched on the environment because I mentioned it's, it's been talked about all the time. The better the comms, the better you manage the roads, the better you level the load on demand on the roads, the less congestion, therefore the fewer vehicles that are pumping out 
grot into the atmosphere while they're idling. So actually, all that you've been talking about has a real environmental benefit. Yes, indeed. We do, probably don't talk about that enough because it's, it's a few percent here and a few percent there, but a few percent of a blooming big number is still a big number. Andy Graham is one of those people that has forgotten more about ITS than most people have ever known. He's a connected vehicle expert. He's been talking to us here at Highways UK. And that's it for these two special podcasts from Highways UK here on Highways Voices. We're back with a normal one of our programmes next Wednesday. It'll be online at 9.30. I'll speak to you again soon. Thanks for listening. Highways Voices. Join us again next week for more insights from those that matter in the industry. 